welcome back to this week's episode of the Chicago Maroon. It is Monday, February 7th, and as always, I'm Isaac. And I'm Rob. And we've got quite the news week for you this week. Actually, not really. It's kind of light. But um, <laughs> Rob will start us off with a story from Chicago Medicine. UCM officials announced their plans for a standalone cancer hospital to be built on the UCM campus in Hyde Park, one that will feature 500 square feet uh, of size and include spaces for 128 beds. The facility will cost over $600 million to construct, and the university is planning on breaking ground for the structure in 2023. So we won't be there, Isaac. Oh, too bad. Yeah. The facility will be equipped with stem cell treatment and processing facilities, imaging facilities, chemotherapy and radiation services, testing and counseling spaces, and more. The university claims that one of the primary goals with constructing the facility is to address health inequities in the South Side. Kunle Dunsi, director of the Comprehensive Cancer Center at UCM, stated, Cancer death rates on the South Side are almost twice the national average and cancer is the second leading cause of deaths for residents in the area. The university predicts that the construction process will also produce hundreds of jobs, with around 40% of the contract dollars going to minority and women-owned firms. This story was originally reported on the Chicago Maroon website by Nikhil Jaiswal. Awesome. So I'll follow that up with some content from the Institute of Politics, which was originally reported by Ben Wiener on the Chicago Maroons website. But in a story from the IOP, David Axelrod spoke with former UK Prime Minister Gordon Brown about his passion for politics and the importance of global cooperation and policy, making a virtual Institute of Politics event this past Wednesday. Brown emphasized how his childhood shaped his passion. While growing up in Scotland, he knew that he wanted to change the environment around him. And specifically, as many events tend to do these days, it migrated to discussing COVID-19 and to solve global issues such as climate change and COVID-19, Brown pushed for greater cooperation internationally. He spoke to the current pandemic vaccination infrastructure globally as, and he quotes, a moral failure of huge proportions. Brown also argued that we've got the vaccines and that we could, again, quote, get them to Africa, for example, but there's not the money and there's not been the pressure sufficiently strong so that we actually suffer because the virus comes back in a new form. And we've seen Delta and Omicron come back pretty viciously in both the university community and abroad. We'll, we'll end up getting to that at the COVID update. But more largely, Brown noted the importance of mitigating uh, globalization. He said, you've got to manage globalization, otherwise you get the results we've now got, which is massive inequality. And on a completely different note, <laughs> with no continuity whatsoever, <laughs> this past fall, second-year Eric Liu founded an organization dedicated to cryptocurrency called the Crypto Club by its members. However, it is currently seeking classification as an official RSO. Again, it was formed this past fall, so it's only been a thing for about 15 weeks. If you guys don't know, and I am one of these guys, cryptocurrency is a digital currency that operates in a decentralized online market. Lou believes that it's important for students to understand cryptocurrency because it's an emerging and complex part of the economic landscape. Second-year co-founder Tannis Vollmer wrote the club's bylaws and spoke about how the club's education curriculum allows students to learn even if they do not know much about crypto to begin with. He also shared that although much of the discussion about cryptocurrency focuses on finance, 
The Crypto Club wants to focus on studying blockchain as technology too, while having keynote speakers to discuss all of the intricacies of cryptocurrency. So, Ram, do you own any NFTs? I do not. And I actually, I literally thought um, NFTs was like, st stood for uh, no free trade agreement or something like that <laughs> for the longest time. Or no free trade. I thought it stood for no free right. trade. So I thought it was like, uh, I thought it was like a, like a very, <laughs> I don't even so know what I was thinking I'm, it was. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, uh, maybe our listeners here are well-versed in crypto. I'm sure someone out there is and they're rolling their eyes at me right now. But an NFT is, well, like it's a digital image, right? But it doesn't yeah. have to be. It can be. It often is a digital image because that's what's like, easily publicized right. and promoted but it right. doesn't have to be a digital image uh, but it's like not a real thing it's like the theory of an item and you digitally own, like your digital footprint is forever entrenched with this online thingy um, and that has value for some reason it's bizarre because it is bizarre. I'm no econ major. Again, I've mentioned that many times on this podcast but I know of, I have a very basic understanding of supply and demand and it seems as though online NFTs have an infinite supply for a demand that's in a very, very minute market. So I'm shocked that they're so popular. I think it's just like... It's like stocks. It's, 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 like, it's, like, it's like stocks meet memes. Right. No, that's true. So but, like, but like also, theoretically, if you're buying stock from a company, you, you're a partial owner of that company to a degree, right? Like if I buy Amazon stock... I have like $1,000 worth of shares right. of uh, Amazon's net worth, something like that. Yeah. And that's where stock, the stock market, while I also don't understand that, it makes sense because there's a tangible benefit to selling stocks and bringing that organization and that company a lot of extra money. Yeah. Um, I don't understand the point of NFTs if not to um, bring the, the artist of the NFT money. It is. That's, what's the, well, that's what is. the point is. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like also, <laughs> it, which is good for the artist, yeah. but um, these gain value. What I don't understand is how these images gain value just because we say they have value. I mean, that's what that's what like, money is, if you think no, about it. Right? I know that, and that's why we should go back to the gold standard. Wow, but like... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe I'm just uh, maybe I'm the short-sighted one here and maybe NFTs are the future. However, I don't think they are. Well, I know I personally know a lot of people, myself included, who think NFTs are just kind of point, like pointless. And yes. I it's just I I feel like it's like Reddit culture and people who just like like memes and stuff like that. Reddit culture that like, had like far too much time on their hands. Exactly. And now they've gotten into the deep end. Right. Um, anyways, Eric Liu or Tannis Vollmer, if you guys are listening to this podcast for whatever reason, <laughs> we formally invite you to an episode. So oh, yeah, you can definitely. so you can talk to us about Bitcoin. We should we should and tell up. me all about Bitcoin. I've made fifty dollars on cryptocurrency, not the tangent. Nice. But, um, a year ago my friends were like put 50 into Bitcoin and 50 into Ethereum. And I said, okay. And then like three months ago, I pulled it out of my Coinbase account because I forgot I had it. Um, and it was 75 each. So at magic. Actually, nice. I am a crypto fan. Do yes. I know how it worked? Not at all. But all I know is my bank account went from minus 100 to plus 150. So Very good. that's all I care about. 
So anyways, Rom, I mentioned COVID in the uh, IOP story. You've got a little COVID update for us. And the most recent COVID update sent last Friday by U Chicago Forward, the university reported 243 new COVID cases and 281 close contacts, with 26 students isolating on campus and 48 isolating off campus. The college also included a bunch of changes to policy that they're making in the in the same email update, including uh, momentarily allowing people in classrooms to pull down their masks when they're doing class presentations, uh, and reinstating interhall visitation and reinstating the potential to have large convenings, larger convenings uh, with food, uh, be approved. So that's good news, especially with the Super Bowl coming out. <laughs> no, for sure. That's in about eight days. Speaking of the Super Bowl, uh, as you guys know, I'm from Ohio. So the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow, a.k.a. Joe Burr or Joe Shiesty. Uh, uh, Joe Burrow is leading the Cincinnati football Bengals to the promised land. Pains me to say that as a Cleveland Browns supporter, but um, much to my chagrin, but never to my surprise, the Cleveland Browns underperformed. And I'm very happy for the Bengals. Um, it's interesting because the the Los Angeles Rams have a better offensive line, defensive line, wide receivers, running back, uh, secondary coaching, assistant coaching, and then the Bengals have Joe Burrow. So it'll be a good game. <laughs> it'll be a great game. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the, it's, I'm really looking forward to this game because I would be happy if either team won. Honestly. Like, <laughs> I remember when I lived in the dorms, the Super Bowl was like a big event. Um, we would go, con- not we can go hard for it in the dorms, but like in the common area in the lounge, we'd hook it up to the TV and then just order in a bunch of wings and pizza and soda and um, pre-COVID, right? So the Super Bowl of like 2018, like the, at January of 2019 and January of 2020, we would just have a big party in our house lounge and it was a lot of fun. And... I'm hoping that that could happen in the dorms to a safer, you know, more controlled extent. Yeah, but I think I think I think it could still happen, especially yeah. since they just mentioned that the they're food. like improving stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I think I think our students deserve that. Definitely. It was a lot of fun. It was th- those were some good memories. My first two years, um, but anyways, uh, yeah. How is your How is your fifth fourth? Fourth week? Fourth. Fourth Fourth week? Was it fourth? I don't know. Fourth week kind of sucked because I had a lot of assignments due. And that itself would have been fine. But Kuvia totally messed up my schedule. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me all about Kuvia. Oh my goodness. Okay, so this year was kind of... There were were fewer workshops offered this year because, uh, you know, it was was, sort of last minute. I think they... I mean, I, I can only speculate, but I think Coop was probably originally planning on having Kuvia in person and had planned around that. But after Omicron started to get really, get really hot, um, they had to switch everything to virtual. So I think that sort of messed up, disrupted their plans as well. Um, so there were, you know, normally there are like three or four RSOs, uh, RSO workshops offered every day during Kuvia, but this week there was there were basically only two each every day, um, but yeah it was still fun. I found it to be easier than previous years because uh, you don't have to get up as early because it's virtual. So <laughs> when when did festivities start? Like six a.m. So 
they the actual programming was from six thirty to seven thirty. But that's not too bad. Yeah, it's it's really not bad. You you if you wake up at like six fifteen, you know. which I don't. But anyways, <laughs> if you do, more power to you. Uh, but but they did have the trek to the lake in person. Yes, right? yes, that was uh, in person on Friday. And in order to get your shirt, which pick up for that was on Friday as well, you would need to take a picture of yourself at the point. And there was actually this guy who was walking on the frozen lake. <laughs> uh, when we were there, um, it was sort of surreal because we thought he was just probably going to walk out for a little bit and then turn back. But then every single time we turned around to like look look at him, he was always further and further out. <laughs> Spot the new cryptid. <laughs> it was like it was it was so weird Big because the lake wander. Everyone was like, "Does he have a death wish? What is he doing?" Oh <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean that's got to be scary. Like I, I'm sure the the lake is pretty solidly frozen. Yeah. But also, like, I don't know. Um, I heard he got like ticketed. Was not... he a student? I heard he was okay, a student. Okay, so so he is a student. Apparently, he was an international student, and he, according to news articles I read about this, he didn't know he was walking on the lake. I've read that also. However... The extent to which that is true, I'm not sure. I, I, I have my doubts because yeah. the one thing I always say about Chicago is if you know where the lake is, you'll never get lost. <laughs> I mean, it's a city with three sides. All you have to do is find the lake and then you're fine. Um, but if you don't know physically where the lake is to the point where you're walking on it, maybe there's some validity to that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure exactly <laughs> what happened to him. I do know that what happened was... Was he Kuvian? I th- I don't know what he was. He was definitely a student. I don't know what he was. I don't know if he was, was there he for just two years. Roaming in the morning on know. the lake. I'm That's not, wild. I'm not sure about the details. What I do know is apparently someone saw him from like a building, and then called nine one one because I get that. Yeah. No, that makes that, plenty. That makes, I get it. That makes complete sense. And then what happened was first first responders came and and just escorted him off the off the ice in like a raft. <laughs> And actually, you, you know, you'd think that the lake was completely frozen solid, but one of the first responders fell in. Oh, wow. Like, getting to him. Really? Yeah, or maybe after he got him. I don't know. It, he, but he the first responder though. fell in the lake. He did fall in the, the lake. The freezing yes. cold lake. Wow, okay, so that is a lot more dangerous than yeah, I was giving it credit definitely, for. yeah. The thing was, uh, he was, I don't, I don't know what this guy was expecting, but... We were there. We, we had to do sun salutations, right? Right, yes, I recall. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, like, waved to him because he was, like, he was like so far out. And then he waved back. Uh, and then eventually we were like, come back. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think he heard us. All he saw was the waving. <laughs> That's wild. I have no idea what that was about. Anyways, I'm glad everyone was safe and everyone yeah, was okay. But that made, for, that made for quite the memes. Yeah, uh, and it will be making for quite the memes on the meme pages. Apparently, it was trending on Twitter, <laughs> or on Illinois Twitter. Yeah, I I did not see that on my Twitter dot com account, but I don't doubt it because it's it's very it's a very memeable story. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I think that just about wraps it up for this week's episode of the Chicago Maroon Week Four. But as always, I'm Isaac, and I'm Ron, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>